Guys, welcome to the podcast. Before we get started, as ever, remember that all the information you're about to hear is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure or prevent any illnesses or diseases. Please make sure to consult your healthcare practitioner before implementing any of the things we may discuss in this podcast. Speaking of education, if you're an exercise professional, coach or anyone working within the realms of health and fitness, when you're done listening here, make sure to head on over and check out our education portal at www themusclementors.co.uk if you like us and truly care about the well-being of your clients about getting access to the best and most up-to-date information in the areas of exercise mechanics hypertrophy sleep improving your online coaching services and much much more then be sure to join up you'll gain access to endless hours of content focused around everything you need to become a truly elite coach and get your clients in the best physical shape possible this is all in the form of video lectures weekly live education sessions and study groups you also get early access to our podcast and access to any exclusive Q&A segments we do with our guests. The content never stops on the portal. It's not a one-off course. It's an ever-evolving learning platform designed to give you the best information possible in this area. Head on over to our website and become part of our epic community, full to the brim of other professionals who, like yourself, are focused on providing the best health and physique-related results for their clients. Join us and them and gain the resources, support and accountability you need to become the elite of the health and fitness industry. For now, though, grab yourself a pen and paper and enjoy the show. All right, guys, welcome back to the Muscle Mentors podcast. Um, I'll start off by apologizing to the boys because I was super late for this one <laughs> unintentionally. I <laughs> oh, just made them sit around for half an hour. Testing loyalty, that was, and they all passed. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to take this moment to announce we're all leaving the Muscle Mentors. <laughs> <laughs> no, as they say, terrible, terrible. But anyway, um, what is it today? We're, we're not doing a QA today, we're doing there and back again, a muscle mentor's tale. Um, Are you up with it? Yeah, 100%. No, so <laughs> we're basically just going to talk a bit about how we um, each got into the industry and into mechanics and things like that because we, you know, we, it's come up a few times in guest podcast recently and you know we were just saying it'd be fun to do it with each other and troll each other a bit and obviously we don't have a full team here um but with the usual crew at the moment and for those that are listening and you haven't heard that is uh ross paul jimbo and myself um so yeah how's everyone doing for one other than i was great about half an hour ago yeah <laughs> I, was, I was buzzing i would have told you i can't wait to do this podcast there at two o'clock what uh <laughs> See, i thought you could wait for half an hour um <laughs> no terrible um all right so i know jimbo's now time pressured um but also the whole rule of age before beauty applies here <laughs> <laughs> so jimbo can jimbo can kick things off with a story of how he got into the industry because he's probably been in the industry for definitely as long as ryan's been alive at least back in 1497 <laughs> a young jimbo was born yeah. <laughs> as enough, i was carving a wheel out of granite <laughs> back when magna carta was signed i first started training people uh, i always find like M- michael michael golden's story quite funny because like he's what he started being a pt in like 95 or 96 and you're like wait how old is michael well, he's, he's not. He, he just started when he was really young. Like, yeah. his, Nine. He, was he, he, I know he's northern, but it's not like he was sitting down. Was like his, mid, his mid-teens, he just he basically got a job in the gym. Get and, down mine, son. Time to earn the cash. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. But it's, yeah, that's experience. But anyway, Jimbo, take it away. 
Well, I didn't start quite that young, but I've been training for definitely more years than Ryan is. Oh, that's, that's all that matters, though. That's where the conversation <laughs> yeah. It's been a fair few years under my belt training. Um, I've been in the industry for 14, 14 years now, I think it is. But how do, I don't know, where do I start? Where do I go in? I think the interesting, well, an interesting story um, you could say in terms of getting in the industry. I was meant to start on the 1st of March at an LA fitness um, in Derby. I was given other job opportunities at other gyms, but they said I had to be a gym instructor first. You had to be a gym instructor and then become a PT. I was like, oh, I'm too good for that. I, I, I know everything. <laughs> and I literally remember Mark Coles gave me the interview for LA Fitness. I remember saying to him, I'm happy with my knowledge around training. I know what I'm doing training wise. <laughs> Is that how you met Mark, by the way? Yeah, he was like, he was like the regional sales manager um, for LA Fitness back then. Um, and I remember saying them pretty much exact words. And I was like, oh my God, what was I doing? <laughs> but anyway, got, gave me a job working at LA Fitness, starting on 1st of March. And on the 26th, 27th of February, basically the Saturday for, before starting on the Monday, playing basketball, um, I went and dislocated my knee, Ooh. which wasn't nice. Tore me MCL. <laughs> By the way, if you guys haven't seen, if you go on Jimbo's Instagram, you can see a picture of him leaping about 12 foot in the air like some kind of salmon. Yeah. And like, you, you wouldn't necessarily know this, but the dude used to before be able to jump. That was probably my best asset, athleticism really? back then, ability to jump, but um, that soon has come back to bite me. But anyway, two days before I was meant to start, dislocated my knee and was in on crutches and braces for um, six weeks, eight weeks, whatever it was. As in, like, pop the, the, pop the patella off or the tibia or... I was really hoping you were going to follow up with the braces for, like, you mean teeth braces or something like that? Just... <laughs> no, I need some of them, but no. <laughs> but, no, but patella um, dislocation. Fuck, yeah. I was going to say, if you pop the tibia off, that would be a bit yeah. weird. And then it's nice when they pop it back in. That's interesting. Well, well they, they just shove on it until it pops back into its groove, kind of thing. Pardon? What do they do to it? They just shove it till it goes back in its groove. Yeah, it just give you a load of gas. Do you not? Do you ever like, see that video that went round of a bodybuilder who? Because some people are really susceptible to that because they have like a kind of quite a shallow, shallow like yeah. femoral condyle. And there was a, there's a video of a bodybuilder in Australia like practicing posing in the gym. Yeah, I saw that side chest, and you literally see his patella just go. Onto the lateral edge of his thing, and then he and then he pops it back in, and he's like, uh, and then it's just like, it's horrible. Tell a lie. I knew a girl I used to act with who uh, did it during a play that we, we were doing. We were doing a Shakespeare play. She like tripped as she came on stage, popped her patella, saw her like well up, like grab her knee, presumably pop it back in the place, and like carry on with the scene. Off stage just afterwards, just like crying because of the pain. I was like, you nailed that though. <laughs> you just, but you said tell a lie before that, so it was a lie. <laughs> where did the thing? Where did that tell say? Come Here's a good story. I just saying, come across like tell a lie. It's like, all right, tell a lie. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's um, that's yeah, that's pretty brutal. So, what happened after that? Did you? I'm assuming you went to work, no issues, or hobbled. Well, I took three, four months at home, sat on my ass studying, reading. Which, see, in, in hindsight, anyone who knows who's done a personal training qualification. Um, which we all have, <laughs> we hope. You you go through stuff rather quick, uh, and then you chuck straight into a job. So it actually worked out really well to have three four months sat on my ass where I could read, I could study, I could put little templates together, I could look at potentially where I was going to go with stuff, 
Um, so it helped with an iceberg just to map some stuff out for when I did start. Um, but I think that the other sort of benefit that it sort of ended up working is that I was going to start on March with another couple of PTs, another couple of coaches. Um, so I think just all of us starting at once probably would have been tough. Just an influx of new PTs where it ended up working that when I started then I was the only PT in the club because the other two, the other ones had started and left. I was the only PT in the club and for six years I was the only successful one probably in the club. Others came and went, did a little bit and then disappeared. What do you think made you successful in those in those years when you probably were the greatest? I'll answer that one for him. The Master Mentors Education Portal. Version one point as, as simple as it is, it was literally the fact I was there all day and I enjoyed training. <laughs> and I'll, I was happy just to chat to people and I got to know the regulars. I lived half an hour away. Our first client I signed up was at 6.30 a.m. three times a week. Um, so I was there every morning or almost every morning first thing. And then you start getting a few inquiries and stuff like that, getting a, few, a couple of people signed up in the evening. And then before you know it, you've got two appointments I rock up at 6am um, and don't leave till 8pm. Yeah. So you get to know the regulars, you're there all day. I think, oh, screw this, I'm going to train twice a day. And <laughs> as, as shocking as it is, back back then, still probably the case for a, a lot of coaches in general type of gyms, I was one of the only PTs in shape. The other PTs <laughs> came and left and weren't really in great shape. So the fact I was in some form of reasonable shape, the fact I spoke to people, the fact I was there constantly um and i just stuck with it this is discriminatory by the way round is a shape so we should <laughs> i'm gonna get grief for that by someone <laughs> and i'd like to point out that's a homer simpson joke so don't come at me i think even even for me back then the rehab process that i thought was appropriate back then to try and bring my quad tissue back because it's funny literally lost every sight of quad tissue I had on my left knee. On back, my left squat. Position. back squat, split squat, front squat. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but yeah, so even then it was like still trying to think, oh, how can I build tissue with not aggravating my knee and how can I get back into it as soon as possible? So still there's awareness even at, at that stage in terms of what I was doing. I'd sprained multiple angle, an, ankles before playing basketball. I'd always been injured doing different things. So, I'd always had, a, I think, an awareness for injury and rehab and how to sort of get back to optimal performance. Um, so at that stage, it wasn't exercise mechanics related, but it was still trying to understand what's going on from the body perspective at the knowledge where I was at then. And it took many, many, many years before I actually heard the term exercise mechanics and understand it, understood what that was. Um, but that, I would say, maybe you could say was the first insight, obviously, into the industry, but then also insight in terms of once you're injured, how do you get back to full fitness? And then actually, when you you are still trying to squat maximal loads or whatever it is, do maximal loads, not bugger up the knee in the process and still try and keep it ticking over, which you could say wasn't successful. <laughs> back in there. How are your knees now, James? <laughs> They're fine. It's just... Tip top, tip top. He's back yeah. from the basketball circuit next week. <laughs> At least he has uh, I, can, I can try i can train nowadays but just not how we know how to train yeah and like my, my left knee is probably a grade three arthritis in it and every time i try and push then it just 
it aggravates whatever. If you're not familiar with what that means, that means he's got a 74 year old knee. Not far off. <laughs> and any, I don't want to say professional athletes, not like I was a professional basketball player, but I played a hell of a lot. Anyone who plays sport to an insanely high level and there's amount of impact that goes on through your joints like there is in basketball, you're going to have degeneration of joints. It's, it's going to happen. There's no way around that. And there's the same thing with, with bodybuilding, with thing. The body's going to break down at some point. So that one of the key things that we try and get across is that with an educated approach, it's going to take longer to break down or you can stay in the game for longer. You can not do what, I've done and have a broken body at 37. You can try and make sure that's 47 or 57. So, so yeah. Wait, so where did you, when, how long were you at LA Fitness? And then where did, where did you move from there? So I spent six years as a, P, a PT at LA Fitness. And then there was a year's transition um, where I worked at M10. The market had a facility in Newark um, and he was opening his flagship facility or a big facility in Nottingham. Um, I'd done some studying with him, uh, Pollock and some Pollock courses over in Sweden at the Alico uh, Institute or the top Alico place where it's quite cool because they had their warehouse where they built all the Alico stuff, but there was also a showroom as well. So a couple of classrooms, you'd do a couple of hours lectures, go and train, go and eat, come back, do another couple of hours lectures, go and train and just repeat. There's 15 of us on the one course when I'm talking about, 15 of us on the course, training twice a day with Pollockin, not directly with Pollockin, but um all the persistence on there and that's cool so yeah just on that on this camp that i'm talking about chatting to mark a fair bit and it's like oh, i'm about to open a second facility in nottingham um and at that time i'd done five-ish years or so where i was i'm like i'm ready for the next thing i'm ready to move on so i had a year while m10 was building and while i didn't want to in a sense give up my old clients where i'd go in i'd do 6 30 7 30 8 30 maybe a 9 30 3 maybe 4 at least back to back head over to Nottingham and then do a full day there, leave at eight or whatever, and then come back. Saturday, I was at LA Fitness. I didn't work at M10 in Nottingham at the weekend. Saturday, I was at LA Fitness. The gym was open from 8.30 to 4.30. So I did 8.30, 9.30, 10.30, 11.30, 12.30, 1.30, 2.30, 3.30. Boom, straight back to back, get it done. <laughs> Sunday, did three hours or so. And then I remember it's like just for that probably 12 months or so period while I was juggling both, Standard average week was 55 to 60 sessions. Well, here's a question then. What's the most you've done in one week? And then the most you've done in one day? There's two. I don't know. The, the day was probably a 12 or something, or a 12 if you get a 13 in. Yeah. I've got a good story about that in a second. I'll come back to that. But um, 62, I think it was, actual sessions. I remember <laughs> I always don't do this, don't implement this next to <laughs> anyone who does PT. But I always I had this one guy who saw me five days a week. He, I gave him a good rate, early days, um, but he saw me five, five days a week at 10 o'clock every day. But it got to a point after about six months or so where if he occasionally wouldn't turn up Monday, Tuesday, and then if he didn't oh, turn up... I think you told me about this. <laughs> if he probably, didn't turn up for the first two days, yeah. he would sack it off for the rest of the week. And he'd still pay, I'd still get paid, I'd still charge him. Um, so it got to a point where I'd wait to see whether he turned up Monday, Tuesday. If he didn't, I'm like, all right, I'm booking, booking someone in. <laughs> so, but occasionally, it'd still potentially turn up on that Thursday because it was still his time start. He'd still paid for it. Um, but yeah, I never got caught on that one. So I managed well, yeah. to double so, book and get two people in the hour slot <laughs> without someone. You find a sweet client who pays you for five days a week and turns up occasionally for none of them. 
It's a winning client. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So, so would he? Did he ever rock up at the same time as someone else, and then you had to just group PT them or something? No. So actually, I never got caught out. So I was lucky in that one. Oh, <laughs> no, you never got caught. I've definitely accidentally double booked and had someone rock oh, up. Oh, I've double, I've double booked before in the early days. Been starting a PT with someone, and I see my other client warming up on the other side of the gym floor, and I'm like, shit. <laughs> if you've done that a couple of times as well, you get to this point where even if you see another one of your clients come up while you're PTing someone, your little, your brain starts going, shit. Did I book them in now? Do I have to do a little check? You're like, no, they're doing their own thing. Okay, we're good. <laughs> this was this was way way before calendly reminders or anything like that diaries were paper. This is, you, had to, you had to send a messenger pigeon to get your shit done to the client you go into your you go into the office quickly scribble out their booking and then you go oh you weren't booked in here yeah you've got a wrong mate you got a wrong you got a wrong <laughs> Just put the blame on them. <laughs> oh god that would be terrible yeah so i had a year where I transitioned, worked both, and I got to a point where I was like, no, I sat this off. I can't be dealing with this. It's too much. Um, that worked in the, in the same sort of point in time when I thought I'd uh, step on stage as well. Um, so as I was going through the prep process, I was like pulling down the hours. I was doing LA Fitness, and that sort of phased out and disappeared. And then obviously did full-time at M10. Decent. Uh, How long were you at M10? Six, five, six years, I think. Seems six years everywhere, so he's got six years within the muscle mentor. Yeah. <laughs> and how how did you um uh who who remind me who introduced you to mechanics? No, I don't know if it would have been back then initially through like BPAC. Oh, oh, no, 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 I know, I know, no, I know who it was. It's Lucas. That was it. Sorry, yeah. why did I L- Lucas. Lucas had. Uh, left Lucas initially worked at M10 for three months or so when I first got there and then went down to London to start a UP um, yeah yeah, yeah. those on the portal we had him on in December as the guest yeah. Yeah. Um, so and he came up for uh, just to catch up with Mark he'd worked with Mark for a good few years or so he came up to catch up with Mark we went for food um, and he was talking about this RTS course I was like, oh, what's this and he's like well if you're doing a pull down and you pull out, you use your triceps, or you push out, you use your triceps, or you pull in, and then you really activate your biceps more. And we're like, what are you on about? You just pull, pull the bar down, <laughs> works your lats. <laughs> um, so that was actually the first thing, thing from there. And um, then from there, I think, I don't know if I'd have got into BPAC stuff. And then at, at that point, Mark was like, well, who, who teaches this stuff? We need to get them straight up. Yeah. So we had, we had Michael come up um and talk us through or basically did like a private rts with the guys just at m10 which like many many people when they first do rts we did it but we just didn't have a clue we just <laughs> got totally lost lost on it thought we understood it went away and we're like what was that resultant force point of application moment arm thing that he was saying? <laughs> just we didn't really know and then sort of understood it a few years later, I guess, with a continual studying of it. What year was that? When did you first, when did you first do RCS? 2020? I'd say six. I'd say six years. For a minute, I thought you said 36. I was like... Uh, Yeah, 36 years ago, I started studying. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe seven. Maybe seven years ago. 
It's a fair few years. That's decent. Yeah. Meanwhile, Paul's what coming at me measly year and a half, two years. Two years. I think it's just, yeah, about that. <laughs> that is decent. Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I haven't actually met somebody who immersed themselves in mechanics as much as you did. Yeah. I immersed myself fairly heavily, but I was like, no, Paul's just gone a, gone a whole other level there. Get a bit anal about things if I'm like, I need to know this in depth. <laughs> <laughs> the pandemic actually was great for that because I was like, if I'm doing anything else, I'll just do this the whole time. <laughs> I'd like to consider myself like the normal average trainer out there, not like Paul who can learn it and really master it in such a short period of time that it's, for the point I'm saying, it's going to take years to actually fully understand exercise mechanics. Uh, if you think within a matter of months, you're going to truly be able to apply this and understand it. Um, it takes years and years of continual studying and investigation and experimentation on yourself and your clients, mm. um, whatever that may be. And to this day, all of us definitely will we'll still have those kind of light bulb moments where you're like, oh, that, yeah, that's how that thing works. Or there's another way to use that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like Half of the pursuit comes from those bits where you're like, I don't know the answer to this yet. Yeah. And like that, I probably speak to it for all of us, annoys us when we don't know the answer to a thing. And it is that annoyance that, at least for me, drives me to be like, oh, I need to know the answer to this thing. Otherwise, I'm talking out my ass. Because you kind of notice sometimes when you say something and you're like, if someone really pushed me on this, I don't know that I have the answer and I hate that feeling. So I'm like, ah, okay, just got to double down on this. Luke, Luke, you tell the story about uh, Michael going through a banded RDL and how the band's not the line of fourth. Because I know that stumped you initially when you were... Oh, yeah, in the RTS. Yeah. Who was on that with you? I think Ron. Sarah was on it with you. Sarah, yeah. Yeah, well, I basically just refused to accept it. <laughs> 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 and I was like, well, not refused to accept it. I just questioned him more than anyone else. I think a lot of people, because I, I was, I think a lot of, no one else quite, well, okay, that sounds really cocky, but no one else quite got it. Like, I, I knew what he was saying, but I was just like, yeah, but, you know, I've done this thing and I felt something. And, and you know, then I kind of, it took me to do it again after that whole experience to be like, yeah, he's right. There's not really actually, that's just this kind of excess thing I've created in my head that I think there's more going on in a hit banded RDL. But it was, ba yeah, I think, it, when do I, I've forgotten the context when it was brought up. Obviously, it was just like, let's look at this thing. Because is that, I, th I think we were discussing how can we challenge the hip extensors in the, like, create more of a challenge in that top you know hip extended position and it might have been me might have been someone else i mean it's a popular movement so i think someone went oh yeah the hip banded rdl and michael was like oh you know let's look at this thing and he kind of broke it down and then he kind of journeyed to that point when he was like yeah so basically it doesn't do anything um and this thing's just putting you back and uh yeah it's not creating a challenge to the hips zero zero moment arm and all this stuff and it took you know because i was you know you're looking at this thing you're like yeah but there's this force like pulling back and you're kind of driving through it and then yeah it goes it the example i mean the the short-term realization came when i was like actually yeah that's literally like going up to a door pushing on the hinge and being like open or closed you won't be able to do anything and it was yeah so that was that was quite an eye-opening one it's, in, it's an interesting insight, though, that for I think people listening to go that you didn't just take that 
uh, like just nod and agree yeah. annoyed you and you went no i'm gonna keep trying this and i yeah. need to i need to really understand so i'm not just gonna yeah. nod for the sake of this teacher told me this thing and i'm yeah. definitely going to agree no, and I've, I've disagreed with michael publicly on those on rts things before like there was one where we were talking about the bench press like the profile on the bench press and i like i need to revisit my exact argument that i had like the the argument i had but i was like i don't think the profile is you know weak at the bottom stronger at the top i think you have to be strong at the bottom for these reasons and like michael's like yeah and i you know we had like a full-on debate and i think i walked over like i still not convinced michael <laughs> <I'm still laughs> not um yeah i did i definitely walked away from the, that idea i've been like I get what he's talking about. I need to investigate that further. And then, you know, looking into it more, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, there it is. So it wasn't like a take things as gospel and, and like you say, just nod long. I was like, oh, this is genuinely challenging me here and I'm going to fucking devote some time to figuring that out. And also, I'm making you, Michael, so I'm going to devote time to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, but that was cool. And then to this day, you know, everyone probably knows if they follow me, follow us. You know, I'm not a big fan of that movement anymore. And I'm mostly out of trolling and stuff like that. Um, and also some events that happen surrounding it. Um, Talking about the banded RDL or the bench press? The banded RDL. Um, yeah, the, but, and, uh, um, you know, you'll probably find it quite funny to go on our YouTube channel and go on the RDL, <laughs> video, the RDL video we have there and see that we are we demonstrate it. I can't remember whether it's me or Cal, but we're literally like, yeah, and if you put a hip, you know, band on your hips, you can increase the challenge in that shortened position. I was like, I'm just going to leave that up to whoever finds it. <laughs> but we I got a from a client being like, do you know Lucas said this on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. There. yeah I think it was me then, because that's the real irony. Um so what's the what's the most cringeworthy outside of maybe that, uh, or even to Paul or Ross? Then what's the most cringeworthy thing you've done that you thought was good exercise mechanics related, but now you look back and like, oh my god, what was I doing? I don't know if I've got a. Unless you've got a different one, Luke, that you want to add to. Yeah, I don't know if that was like terrible because it's such a. Like, that's not so overtly cringeworthy in the sense of it takes an understanding in mechanics to figure that one out. I don't know, maybe because it will take an understanding of mechanics to figure anything out. But, you know, there's still people to this day that study mechanics and think that's good. You know, and you're like, yeah. I don't know and I think, I mean, one of the things that gets me riled, but again, I don't know if it's fair to put in that category, is when people say, I'm challenging the shortened position, I'm challenging the length position. I'm like, I don't think that's right to say those sorts of things like and like yeah that that i don't think we should go into that now but that would maybe that's on the level of the rdl maybe slightly beyond in terms of that's something i don't say anymore because i think it's incorrect from studying mechanics what i think right now is ross has been far too quiet and needs to tell mm. a fucking story do you know, think like so when you said the whole cringe really mechanics thing i've done some stupid shit ross used <laughs> to lube up his hack squat with kerry gold if you guys yeah, i think i think for me like it's because a lot of my education in mechanics was given to me by other people because I couldn't afford to go on the courses, so I just decided to go work for them instead. That's like legitimately where. So for me, I started. I was somewhat coaching when I was doing martial arts. So anyone doesn't know, I fought in the Irish martial arts, martial arts team for about twelve years prior to getting into coaching. And um, when I was like eight, up until I was nine, nineteen or twenty. Uh, so I started kind of coaching kids and kind of younger athletes who were going to charge our national team when I was like 15, 16. What is, hang on, what martial arts are in the Irish martial arts? Thing? I don't, that's, full, that's full, contact, full contact traditional karate. So do you ever hear K1 fighting? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so like, 
a bit like K1. Um, so I've done that for like 12 years and then I've done a lot of traditional stuff as well. And that's kind of where I think where I started to kind of get really interested in the human body and how I moved. Um, now I also get the shit kicked out of me all the time. So I kind of like, <laughs> definitely feel the effects of it, like even from being a little bit younger than you guys, you know. <laughs> but uh, then I left school um, and I actually had no intention to do a fitness at all, like zero. Um, I was like, I'm going to go and do English and history and go and be a teacher. That was, that was literally my game plan up until the day of my exams. Like literally I was, I walked into my exams for the last day of school, like exams for next week. I was like, I'm going to be a teacher. I mean, there's nothing else I was going to do. And then kind of to keep going, kind of like there was actually certain bereavements that I had a couple of days prior to my exam. So when he passed away and I basically went into the exam saying, I don't really give a shit about anything. I'm not going to try at all. And then the day before the exams, I got the absolute shit kicked out of me. Um, I, got, I literally got the, yeah, I got the piss kicked out of me and they ripped all the tendons in my hand. So I couldn't do any writing. So I ended up having to get like an emergency writer. And by the time I was sitting there in the course, I said, don't draw painkillers and not being able to do anything. After studying for like six years to go and be a teacher. I was like, you know what, I actually don't give a shit about this. But then the guidance counselor and all the people in the school were obviously like, we know you're interested in health and your martial arts and your fitness. It's like, why don't you try and do personal training for a year just to tie you over and then maybe you can decide to go and do something else afterwards. I was like, yeah, fuck it, why not? And then went and done the course. I was like two weeks into it. I was like, yep, yeah, this is what I want to do. Yeah, this is me. This is this is definitely, this is, this is a bit of me. Because I think I realized very soon that I didn't really want to be a teacher. I wanted to help people. And I just thought a teacher was the only person who could do that. Do you know that kind of way? I think my experience training my kids kind of thought that was going to be. I knew I wasn't going to be able to do a martial arts coach for my whole life. It's just the money isn't really there. Um, so as soon as I started doing that, I started to get really interested in the own kind of educational development end of it and started doing my own stuff outside of the course while I was doing the course. And that was nearly the death of me because I just started picking up on things that were saying that were just totally wrong. It didn't make any sense. And I just questioned about it all the time. They'd like say something stupid about something that I knew wasn't true. I'd be like, well, that's not true. Like, that's that's literally not true because I just like put up a paper or something. I said, gosh, a couple of weeks. And uh, eventually got into a really big row with the, the skill I actually ended up leaving. I never finished my PT course, the original one that I went to do. Um, but I was lucky enough that I went and I got the opportunity to go and do Poliquin's PICP. Um, and I got to go and do level one and two of that while working for another guy in a kind of high ticket gym. So I got a lot of experience doing that. And I'd done that. My first PT job was when I was just when I went 19. Um, and that was also around the point that I stopped doing martial arts. So I kind of really, really picked up training then. Um, started kind of developing myself in a lot of Luke Lehman stuff. He was working for Polycon at the time. So I was kind of looking a lot into that kind of stuff. And then went and I was going to do Biosig. And I ended up not actually getting a chance. I really couldn't afford to do Biosig again. And then after a while, I just kind of started to get sick of where I was. Realized a lot of stuff that he was saying because I was doing my own learning was really just out of sorts and out of date. Like, you know, anyone who came into the gym was like 50 grams of carbs, like no matter who you were. And, you know, like keto is everything, you know, carbs will eat your dog, you know, fish oils are going to save your life, that kind of thing. Um, but I started to kind of really gather, I started to meet that was a lot. That was literally what he used to say. He used to tell people, and I used to get up and do lectures. So I got into educating people really, really early, but I was just spouting absolute shit that he told me to say. So it's just like, if you find yourself eating over 50 grams of carbs, fish oils will negate the effects of the insulin and you'll be fine. Like they're the kind of things they used to, have to say to people. Um, the gram official and like, it was back when Polycom was really pushing the remember the tablet BCAs that he had out, and they did what was the, oh, yeah. I remember having forty of them during a training. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, forty. Was, I was training. I mean, like, yeah, how problematic is the gram per percent of body fat? What if someone gets down to like super low digits of body fat? So like, <laughs> oh, yeah, you only need two grams. The <sighs> worst bit is if you've got someone who's at fifty percent body fat. Oh, I know. Make sure you can't coagulate. Yeah, let's do so. Yeah, oh, fuck me, that's terrible. You're sitting there going through a session, and your man who went to the gym won't name his name. Um, a dick, but I won't name his name. Um, he's <laughs> poke his head out, looking at me, training. Like, you think a BCA is? 
I'm like, no, we're like, go take them. They're just sitting there chugging these. <laughs> and they were fucking huge as well. <laughs> massive. Taking them at 20 or 30. I was like, this is horrible. <laughs> uh, and eventually, I decided to go out on my own. I went to look at a big box gym called Flyfit. I hung up in like a pure gym here. Um, and I think the, the personal experience that I got while working not going to hire a ticket gym helped me a lot. I got very busy very, very quickly. Um, and I started to run into loads of problems. I was like, why can't I help this person? They come to me with something. I, just, I couldn't do anything about it. You know, just like the, the, the rower won't work, squats won't work. You know, this person's, this person's problem goes beyond what I can do with leg extension. You know, what I understood. So you, so just, kick, you, you just kick them out? Like, yeah, exactly. It's like, I can't help you leave. It's um, it's short, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I used to say things that I'd learned to that. Like when I first went into like kind of big box PT, a lot of the kind of stuff that I'd learned about carbohydrates was still like residually in the back of my head. And they'd like come in and I'd like, okay, how many carbs do you have? And they might, they might say like, oh, I have some bread. I'm looking over them and like, your bread, <laughs> you know, as if, as if like I've just figured out absolutely everything that's just wrong with you up until this point. Like it's the bread, you know. And it's Harold, like, forty-two years old with two kids. You're yeah, like, exactly. we're that's breakfast, yeah. We mean yeah. that's venison. Oh, I, nuts, I used to have to give people shit for eating apples and everything. <laughs> Swear to God, I'd be going through their food diaries, working from home. Used to let me do work at home. I bear in mind, I used to get paid a fiver an hour, and I'd work like seventy hours a week. Uh, it was nuts the amount of time I used to do. And uh, sitting there, I'd be like, and I was genuinely <laughs> wrapped up in this mindset that these people couldn't eat an apple. And I was sitting there like nailing cocoa pops as I'm telling this person, <laughs> you cannot eat an apple. You know, just sitting there doing all the stupid shit that they used to do as a teenager, which we won't talk about now. You know, like, sitting there, I was like, yeah, you can't, yeah, you can't eat that apple. You know, I can eat this giant bowl of cocoa pops. Drizzle, <laughs> you know, and like, I eventually ended up getting into kind of big box PT. Um, and it's kind of where I really came into my own. I started to really envelop myself in kind of education. And for all intents and purposes, I couldn't afford courses at the time. Um, so I would do a lot of stuff myself. That's when you work for a five or an hour, mate. Yeah, exactly. But then I went into when I got, when I got into kind of big box PT and I got it, I was like, oh, wait, I'm actually worth money. money. <laughs> you know? So I went from making like a five or an hour for 70 hours a week to making like, you know, anywhere between 20 to 35 an hour for like 50, 60 hours a week. Um, and I also did the gym manager role there for those hours. So I was kind of doing like 70, 60, 70 hours a week. And I was like, okay, I'm kind of sick of being in a kind of big box PT. I want to go do something bigger than this. And I'd done... At that stage, just as I left, I think I was about to go and do. Do you remember Eugene Tell's muscle mechanics course that he brought out? Yeah, I went to, I went to go. I went and done that, and the first year of it. Now, like, well, like Eugene has some good stuff, but at the same time, you know, some of the stuff I think that I wouldn't, I wouldn't align with as much now. But that was probably my first kind of insight into becoming more aware of how things load different things in different positions. Now, like, there's a couple of things that probably in the course that I don't agree with now, like you know, like a, like a lat focused press. Um, and stuff like that like things like that I just yeah I, I probably wouldn't align with as much now, but I like Eugene as an individual so that was kind of my first insight I ended up going and working at another kind of more hardcore gym but I realised very quickly I was like oh shit I have no idea how to run a business uh, I tell this story all the time I went from like like 40 or 50 hours of PT to like 3 hours of PT within 48 hours everyone just <laughs> Yeah, it was, it's a oh, no, actually, you have told me that story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every, what do you do? I, I don't know. Every people went on holidays. Some people didn't want to pay the new, the new, the, the new fee in the new gym. You know, so there was loads of different things that kind of led to it. Now, in saying that, like I had people who were like you know clutching on for an hour or so, but over the course of a two or three week period, I went from like loads of clients making really good money or better money than I'd ever made before to like zero. I was like, holy fuck, what am I going to do? And that was after a couple of months or a couple of weeks of kind of being within this gym. I kind of kind of busted my ass for a couple of months to get more clients in the door. I was still not doing really well. Um, and then I got really well at kind of Larry in my first prep and it was an old Larry Doyle. Um, and I can honestly say, boy, I owe absolutely everything to Larry Doyle. Everything. Um, if it wasn't, honestly, if it wasn't him, I'd be, I genuinely would probably still be working in a shop, doing God knows what, probably still living in Dublin, acting the bollocks. Honestly, I probably would be. 
Um, the only person to ever tell me I could be good at this job ever prior to actually doing quite well in it. So I do, I owe him absolutely everything. Um, and he kind of took me under his wings as far as coaching was concerned, kept sharing me, kept kind of telling people about me. So I got a little bit busier again. And then I was like, I'm not, I'm not getting anywhere. I was around a lot of people who for all intents and purposes didn't really want to level up or didn't really want to move anywhere with their, with their learning. I did, but I still couldn't really afford to pay for courses yet. So I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? And then I was like, do you know what? If I can't afford to learn from them, I'm just going to go and work for somebody who can. And uh, James will know Damien Maher, who owns like probably one of the, kind of the most expensive gyms in Ireland. And Dambo, Dambo, I call him Dambo. Dambo won't mind me saying this. He's hard as fucking nails. Um, and anyone in Dublin who has done their time with Dambo or has worked for Dambo or knows Dambo will know exactly what I mean. But you get the Dambo treatment. Like uh, I was whipped into shape, but I was absolutely blessed because I didn't, I didn't know what RTS was really. I'd heard about it. I didn't know Dambo was as well qualified as he was at the time. Like he'd been over to Oklahoma with James by then. And I didn't realize just how well educated he actually was in the subject. Um, I don't think he, I don't think he realized it kind of just like not how little I knew because it wasn't I knew little. I was pretty well informed on the things that I'd learned myself, and my awareness around these things was still quite high. But he kind of took me in, and it was kind of the baptism of fire. You know, he'd like bring somebody into me, like and they were like, okay, this person can't like can't hold a dumbbell in their hand. They just give me this long list of issues that they fix them. It's literally what he'd say to me. But <laughs> I'm like, what? He's like, go in there and fix them. I'm like, Are you serious? Yeah. He's like, you're well educated. You told me you were. Go in there and fix them. Jesus fucking Christ I'm going, I just shit myself and then eventually I'd be going sitting there not being able to do it and he'd be like no you need help and I'd be like yes <laughs> you know so from there Dambo kind of took me on that he, in fairness Dambo's time is worth a lot of money and it's worth a lot and he would still stay around tell me everything he possibly could about kind of how to go about helping these people who had limited ranges limited movements couldn't hold dumbbells in their hand I was introduced to things like cuffs and bands and all this different kind of stuff and like forces in general and, and he kind of just started to continue to kind of teach me and develop me and kind of you know, show me the things I need to be able to do at the same time, how to be respectful as a trainer, you know, not show up wearing a brand new tracksuit or something like that to a session. You know, I, I tell the story all the time, I used to have to wear nurses scrubs when I was training people. Um, so I'd wear nurses scrubs, black acid shoes and a long sleeve top to cover my tattoos because it was all about respect, you know, kind of earning your stripes, so to speak. You know? So I had uh, many, many methods that I got the longer heads of Bambo, but he taught me an awful lot about kind of the route that a good trainer takes and it's all focused on education. You know By the way, I mean? when he says nurse's scrubs, he actually means like a sexy latex nurse outfit. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and Dambo yeah, yeah. just watched me. <laughs> say, I think the tattoo thing's funny because I, I genuinely, I've never got the tattoo stigma. It was the, it, well, he didn't find <laughs> it. Have no, no, but I was, even before, like I was like, I don't think that's like, I wouldn't not work with someone or think they're an idiot. He but, had no issues with that tattoos but the kind of clients that trained there you can actually imagine they probably would. Like there were very, very high ticket clients, really, really wealthy people. The loveliest people you ever meet in your whole life. Like again, kind of similar to the story that Paul told in the, the live the other day. I had one or two clients in there who really, really helped me get out of some sticky situations. Um, you know, and just like the connections that they had. And even the same with Dambo. Dambo helped, Dambo helped me massively. You know, I didn't realize that he was helping me as much as he was until I looked back on it. And I tell him all the time, I, like, he said, I, like me and Larry laugh about Dam Damien all the time. He sent me the most Dambo text ever the other day. Um, <laughs> you know, just, just telling me about like what it really means to go at loggerheads with each other and what he really meant by it all. You know, it's actually quite nice. And anyone does know just how unbelievable a coach that he actually is. But he's also hard as nails, as I said. And then very lucky it was around that time when I left um, I went to go see you in Birmingham and I had that kind of foundational awareness around things already. And then around just like a kind of totality of education, I think it's when I really got given the value of it then about just how much you can learn and just how valuable it is to the people who you work with. 
and it just kind of went from there, you know, and uh, two, three years later, I was uh, offered the call up, <laughs> so to speak. I ran my own course there in September um, called Muscle for the Masses and uh, turned out the boys have been watching me from afar and I was blessed with the best opportunity I've ever been given. So that's me. Blessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, blessed. A mic drop. Yeah, it was, but it was a bit of a mic drop. I'll never forget it. <laughs> Luke will tell you. I remember, you, remember when you told me I was wearing these headphones and <laughs> I had them on and I, I genuinely thought they were messing with me. I took them off and I dropped them on the floor. I was like, fucking hell, I started crying and everything. Bottom of my life. Never, ever in my life. Like, it's, I always say this all the time, like, where I'm from, the people don't get those kind of chances. Do you know what I kind of mean? Like, it's like, like somebody goes and does an apprenticeship and the people are having a party for them and all. <laughs> you know, like, it's, uh, it's one of those things. So, like, I look back and I tell my whole family now, it's like, it's one of those things that just, it's, uh, it's definitely the most memorable moment probably of my entire life. Um, so oh, well, it was. She's like, Cal goes, can we do our check-in on a Wednesday? I'm busy on Sunday. I'm like, yeah, no hassle, man. I'm sitting there sweating buckets. And I answered, and the two years are on the call. I'm like, what the fuck have I done wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna pull me up for something. I thought you were just gonna I thought you were just there to ask me how the how the course went because I don't love consult with you at the time. Um, and I was sitting there. I was like, yeah, this is fine. And then you started to say it. I was like, no fucking way. This isn't happening. This isn't happening. I've, I've, the whole thing just went. Took the headphones off. <laughs> I remember after after I couldn't even talk to Grace. I was crying so much. <laughs> it, was, it was the awkward part when like we, we like Ross left and me and Cal were like, fuck, like we were kidding. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're gonna go ahead with it. Now. Yeah, you just don't have that hard to tell me now. <laughs> now, but that's really honestly. I think um, I've been lucky to be kind of surrounded by the idea of kind of constantly educate yourself the whole way through. I was kind of always around this idea that there needs to be more and you need to get, you need to try and look for more, you know? So I think yeah. that's kind of allowed me to kind of be constantly locked into the idea that there is a certain level of progression we should all continue to kind of strive for. So I'm blessed with that. I'm very, very happy. I like the fact that you said the the, mo- the best moment in your life doesn't involve Grace, because I'm pretty sure Grace is in the background of that room right now. <laughs> yeah, she actually <laughs> having a meal. Better day. <laughs> having, a meal. <laughs> having a meal, planning a move. Ben Dagway is a swiper through Tinder. <laughs> you, you prick. So, I mean, James, you got to shoot? I'll slowly disappear. Okay, James might slowly disappear. Those listening, I really wish you do it that way. It's just slowly just start moving your chair further and further towards the door. It took him 10 minutes to exit the frame. Not on YouTube, the um, yeah, James might just might fade off in a second. You just might not hear it. Um, but uh, we'll still troll him when he's not here. Fantastic. Um, I mean, next, I would say, Paul, I, I I, I don't know if I'll have time. I mean, I, I used up my block when I was half an hour late, so people might not hear from me on this one. Unless, like, mate, tell your story. How, no, no, when, no, I want to hear yours, mate. Mine, well, we, are we, there's this, you know, when you're like, I don't know if this is a tale of how we got into the industry or how we got into mechanics, because I guess kind of both. Like, kind of both. both. It's like, yeah. There was a cold it's just an opportunity to tell us. Oh, that was my intro. I was going to be like, it was a cold <laughs> <wet> Thursday. <laughs> a raven flew past a grimoire. Um, no, I mean, I think as similar to a bunch of people, I started training as a way to be less chunky. And I was spotty as a teenager. And it turns out being spotty and chunky doth not help a man get laid. I feel like, and, uh, I feel like uh, Paul's story could end up kind of like Mike Ross's from Suits and he's not actually qualified and he's just kind of blagging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just blagging this whole thing. I'm entirely fine with being Mike Ross from Suits for the record. Um, <laughs> that man is cool as shit. Uh, so yeah, so, you know, started started training, 
for those who who don't know, probably not that surprising to hear that I went to drama school in the sense that it, people never seem surprised when I tell them that I went to drama school. But uh, so I was an actor for a, a little chunk of time there. And actually, after I left drama school and did a, a few plays, I had some downtime and I was umming and ahhing as to what gig to do around acting. And I, I narrowed it down to two things, PT and driving instructor. Not and, yeah, if you don't know that. Not, and, and I was like, well, both are flexible. How are you not? Did you not weigh up male stripping? That would have been phenomenal. That you'd be. I've known a few. <laughs> 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 I've been. I've been offered. I got offered a role in. A, it's called Naked Boys Singing. Before that's that's a whole oh. show. <laughs> I said no. <laughs> I've really? also had. I had the the one of the weirdest auditions I ever had. Actually, was for this. It was a really crap play. But uh, part of the play, I was like, this guy and his fag hag friend were like discussing what pick to use as his grinder profile. Again, terrible play. Glad I said no to this. But um, the the scene is like, okay, we're, we're, we're adopting poses for what's going on. And bear in mind, this is an audition. So it's like the second round of auditions. And there's like, you know, four or five people sat behind this desk who you don't know. And they're like, as you go in, they're like, right, we're going to do this in situ, which means we're going to do it, acting it out and like take it. So, so you have to start in your pants. And then there's a bit where they just come off. And I'm like, what has become of my life? Like I'm stood fucking naked in a room with a bunch of people <laughs> I don't know for a role I don't want. Uh, <laughs> for a play that's terrible, what am I doing? Um, so you'd be surprised the, the things that <laughs> can come up for you in, in that realm. But anyway, driving instructor or PT. And I was like, both are flexible, but I've, I've liked training now for a fair while. I've had to be naked on stage a bunch of times, which will motivate you to stay in pretty reasonable nick because naked on stage. Weird when your grandparents and your parents come to that the first time for the record. Hey, oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Um, and so, again, well, you, you, why are you covering your, like, your stuff? You're like, shut up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it doesn't really suit the scene for you to be coy now, but okay. Um yeah, you, you quickly lose the, any shame you have left in uh, in that type of type of thing. But so decided PT would be the thing. Have this downtime. Move back to my hometown of, of Herefordshire to to do my level two and three. Started working in a uh, uh, just like a, a council leisure centre gym back home called Halo of all things. Um, yeah, I know, right? It's weird there. I mean, for people who don't know that, there's, there's a gym some weird interact like uh, crossovers between that, your story and. My story and then my story and cow story, but anyway, we're carrying on. Oh, nice. So you guys were naked on stage too, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so I went and did that. And with the view of moving back to London, once I'd finished my level three to resume acting -y stuff, which I then got a job at David Lloyd. I ended up working at David Lloyd for six years. For the first three, four of those years, I was still acting around stuff, which was difficult to juggle you know, be rehearsing something uh, during the day and then doing all your clients in the evening and then flip it, just only able to work during the day while you perform in the evening kind of thing. And no time off for months on end because you're just like using any holiday I had to do auditions or, or shows and stuff like that. And in, this is going back. So I think I'm in my 11th year of being a PT or something like that. I want to say I qualified. The 10th or 11th, it was something like 2011, I think was when I, when I qualified. And... Uh, at that point, you know, I remember my first, <laughs> the first class I ever took, circuits class, 8 p.m. It was either a Tuesday or a Wednesday. And uh, 
I was demoing a med ball chest pass, really important exercise, obviously. And uh, I, I was demoing it this girl, and I was like, right, you're going to catch this, and I'm going to throw it at you. <laughs> I threw it at her, hit her in the face, nosebleed. She started crying, right? So I'm like, this is the worst start to a class of all time. I then had like a BOSU ball squat. I was now nervous because it was my first class, and I'd just, you know, broken this girl's nose for all intents and purposes. I tried to, I went to jump on this BOSU to demo the thing, fell off the BOSU ball. It was just the shittest start to jump to on the BOSU. What were you performing? I wasn't jumping on it, but I was trying, I was like, you know, when you've done it, but back in the day, we used to BOSU squat a lot. Oh, yeah. uh, and those great exercises. Yeah, it's a while back, lads. Right. I had a great superset, leg press into BOSU squats. Important, stabilizing and all that jazz. Mate, that was, the, that was um, the best party little trick. The amount of people, oh, yeah, look at him, he's standing on, he's squatting yeah. on the bow suit. Oh, mate, there was a whole phase. This was, I think, mainly Czech related stuff, oh, like kneeling on fit balls and, and yeah. doing like, like wood chopping on a fit ball while kneeling on it. Did all kneeling on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Was a money move. Super important stuff. And um, so you do all those things. And as far as like, there really wasn't a big education scene back. Back kind of then this is pre-poliquin even um and so you know you're just doing the courses that your level three stuff try and put you through is it like the sports specialization course uh, the, i did did you, i did nasa and performance enhancement specialist yeah um, i think my comment what my specialist what did they teach you james <laughs> <laughs> it was a lifetime ago who knows yeah you do, exactly I like you yeah. had something Ability, like strength power yeah. First four weeks, we're on stability. Then we're going to build. Do one with myofascial slings? I had one that was running on sling systems, like Thomas Myers Anatomy Trains sort of idea at one point. Um, but anyway, you, you do that and then start trying to just read and be better. Because even though I was acting, I still, I'm a bit of a nerd at heart. So, like, acting and that creative side is, is a part of me and a part of my life. But I have an intellectual side that acting never really fully fulfilled so I, I wanted to kind of know more so but back then it was pt on the net uh and t nation were basically the places you would get your information so you'd be reading those guys and just trying to implement whatever eric cressy was saying or tony gentlecore had come out with dean yeah. somerset and christian tibdale yeah exactly the bold canadian dude <laughs> um and so that turned out to be better than what i was doing which previously was basically following like whatever workout was on men's health or in an Arnie magazine or I think I did a workout once I got off the back of a Dorian Yates tub of protein uh it was it was all those kind of things so that was that was winning and then you follow those things through and then Poliquin became this kind of thing I think I actually found check before Poliquin started you do those kind of bits and pieces then you realize mm, this doesn't seem to be playing out quite how Poliquin was promising me <laughs> for, for some of these results and I then found Brad Schoenfeld and Alan Aragon and Eric Helms. And there was a bunch of seminars. You kind of do all those things. Um, as I say, I was at David Lloyd for, for six years, really. Um, there's a whole section of my life that gets lost to some mental health problems with, with OCD. So I would be very busy. And then I, for about 18 months, I was barely doing any PT and just trying to <laughs> not want to kill myself. It was rather fun. Good times for everyone. Yeah. And then coming kind of back out of that... I then worked in, in central London at a gym box for a while and then work out the studio. And I, I'd had an online thing for a whole bunch of time through that, but it was probably about nine years or so before I started to come across mechanics stuff as even a thing, which is one of the things that always blows me away is, you know, I've been in the industry a long time and it's not like I'd skimped on money for going on courses and, and stuff. And yet I remember just clearly this question 
James is shooting, uh, of why don't I know why a lat raise is harder when my arm is out to the side <laughs> than when it's by my side? Like the dumbbell didn't get heavier. My arm isn't larger, sadly, when it's out by my side. And like, I really, not, I was like, that should, that seems like a fucking obvious question. Like, why, why don't I know the answer to those things? And I actually can't quite remember who I first started coming across this stuff with. It might have been you guys. I want to. I recall, and this isn't because I want you to like, like just be like, oh, yeah, it was you. I do. I, I recall you mentioning it was us back in the day. Mm. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not sure how. I don't know if I came across you guys first and then Michael and stuff yeah. after that, or how it all blurs together. I remember messaging Luke uh, when he was talking about the banded RZ app and being like, "Yeah, I found." Well, <laughs> in the other day. Yeah, it was like our first interactions when people were like, "But I, I just don't understand." <laughs> yeah. Uh, and those Wait, things. Luke's now got to go scrolling for a while. I won't find that. That would be fun. Yeah, it'll take too long. Orientated first reaction. I'm pretty sure my first reaction with Luke was a picture of my arm. Hey, I've got the Witch King tattooed on me, bro. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> it was the very first thing I ever said to him. I was like, you're not going to the rings? Check this, you know. <laughs> but that would have been a much cooler first interaction. I can't remember what mine was exactly, but I'm pretty sure it was on the band of RDL. Yeah, it was. And, like, and you, I can't remember, yeah. You, you basically got it, and then I think you, there was a little few things, and anyway. Yeah, I was definitely still kind of confused. A bit like probably how you felt when you left Michael. I was like, there's something here. I'm not fully grasping this. It was annoying. Because there's that part of you that fully believes it works, and you're like... Oh. Yeah, or you're just like, I like I get what this person's saying, but I feel like something's missing. Like, I haven't... Yeah. So this isn't sitting in me right seeing yet. something and it's pull it's it's apparently pulling in the other direction and someone's telling you saying no it's not yeah, exactly you're like, <laughs> it's like no it well, is <laughs> yeah exactly and uh yeah, i think when i came to i think the first time i came across you guys with the muscle mentors was a seminar at third space that was where we first met in person yeah yeah there was female fears and sleep i want to say hypertrophy there was a bit of everything that was our theory. It was a bit of hypertrophy, a bit of nutrition, a bit of sleep. Yeah, I think I did hypertrophy. No, did I did you do hypertrophy. No, I did sleep and I, I thought did... it was sleep. Uh, mine was digestion. digestion. That was right. And then Cal did a bit on female fears. It was two two days that one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think Ryan hadn't been with you guys that long. No, and then Jim. Oh uh, no, Ryan been probably a fair amount. He didn't do anything in that one. Then James did some on mindset, and then he finished that off. And then, oh yeah, no. So it was digestion, sleep for most of the first day. James then finished with his mindset stuff. Then he's fit and, and then he carried that on a brief on the following day. Then Cal did his female fizz. And then I did nutrition strategies for hypertrophy at the end. And uh, I remember that hilariously because I, I was like, oh, I need to add some slides. To, I'm notorious for like adding slides and stuff like moments before I have to go up and speak. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I've got time. And then I was like, you know, probably halfway through adding all these slides on water intake and why that's important and stuff. And then I heard Cal who like moted through his, he got to the slide and, he, and I was like, shit, that's like the last slide. And I like looked over at the thing. And I was like, fucking hell. <laughs> and I was like, so I remember he finished. He was like, Luke. And I was like, yeah, to 50 minute break. <laughs> 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 yeah, but no that was that was funny but yeah that was when we we first met and i remember because you were watching the rugby for the, some of the first well, well remembered yeah the rugby was on yeah. at the same time fucking guy <laughs> just... i was like i know they're talking about stuff but the rugby is also really important right really now, so... i appreciate it but no straight away i was like you, you know you get those odd people where and I, I know i do this so if people can relate where when you're presenting you know they're pretty switched on 
and if you can kind of like you know when you're kind of getting you know looking around and getting people's eye contact when you come to those people and if they look like they're kind of in agreement you're like okay what i'm saying is legit like you were quite quickly sort of one of those people so i was like and then like paul would be kind of like yeah and you'd be asking questions i'm like okay okay I'm not chatting shit here. <laughs> and then i'd just be like oh, for fuck's sake and be like what do i say i'm like that's rugby related don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> i remember correctly um, i'm pretty sure the one in birmingham i riddled you with questions <laughs> every two seconds i was like mm. <laughs> and, uh, like yeah you get and then like sarah melton did that like the one you know those moments where you're like oh fuck me i've really cocked up there like where I, I drew up like I was talking about left ventricular eccentric hypertrophy at the heart. Um, and I drew up a little like cartoonish diagram of the heart and like, like you know, did that. And I was talking about this particular area and she was like, oh, that's the atrium. And I was like, fucking hell, Sarah. I was like, <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> Those moments where you're like, yeah, cut me some slack. I haven't drawn a heart in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I regularly draw this. Yeah, so I think I, I found you guys from that. And I want to say then I booked on the foundations uh, for just after that with Michael and, and Integra. And then immediately upon doing that, was I right? I have to do all of this. Uh, and did RTS like twice last year and went on actually your guys stuff uh before joining uh a couple of like a couple of times and just tried to do everything i possibly could and i mean that led me down i know a lot of people start to associate me more now with physics -y stuff of this side of things and that actually came out of the result of the same bits of being like it was annoying me that i couldn't find answers to certain questions yeah and that, always that, the that was something that i never had the it is it, weirdly it didn't strike me that the answers lied in physics i was like i just need to look deeper into the areas i was looking into and the physics stuff doesn't come up as much and it was actually like when you were like conversation with you and then you started doing it, i was like oh yeah actually the answers lie in physics for this shit which is still yeah. mechanics it's just like you're branching out a little bit more rather than kind of going deeper into the material well mechanics you know mechanics in the sense we talk about it comes from newtonian mechanics or classical mechanics yeah. which goes even back to the fucking greeks doing some mechanics stuff which um, just impresses me that they figured this stuff out like coming up with the equations they come up with it's like how like drawing in the sand they come up with this shit I forget the name of the Greek dude, but calculated the circumference of the earth based on like triangles and the length of a shadow at different times of the day. And he was right to within a few hundred miles or something. Like there are some stupidly smart people over the years. You're like, what happened? <laughs> what happened to the human race? Yeah. <laughs> TikTok and fucking... <laughs> you're like, there's that dude doing that. And then there was the, just the Jeremy Kyle generation. Now I, I feel there was probably the Jeremy Kyles of his day as well, but... Yeah, there's there's some special people well, doing it. That's more impressive. Yeah. Some of the shit people do nowadays, like they have all this technology. It's like I drew it in the sand with some triangles. Yeah, and yeah. some sticks, and went yeah. angles about they're that. The kind of people who I think they're like the mod, they're like the kind of the like the past days, like of Elon Musk, just these stupidly yeah. intelligent. Yeah, it's like imagine us going back and we got we've got a protractor and we've got all this tech, and he's just like fucking protractor. <laughs> What is this? That's not a protractor. This I, is a fine stone protractor. <laughs> this Dude, I, I occasionally think though, like if the world ended and I had to reconstruct it, I'd be fucked. I don't know how anything works really. Like yeah. I've got a sense of some triangles these days. That's about it. I'm like the rest of my mm. pretty catastrophic. Nah, it's insane. So yeah, there's some super smart people. So yeah, that that's kind of my mm. 
journey up to here, really. And then how long have I been in now for you guys? Six weeks? It's pretty early still. It's only six weeks. That's bullshit. Oh, it might be eight. It might be. It's no more than eight. My first official day was the first of April. Yeah, my guess was the first. Of oh, yeah, first of April. Yeah, well, yeah. Twenty so, second of March is when I put that post. I think in part because I just spent so much time on the lives and stuff last year that I was just always there. Yeah, <laughs> and no, I'm no. not a quiet person, so I'll just get involved in everything and ask questions. Yeah, so when you think back and I think of all the conversations we have with you on the lives, I remember you weren't actually on the team having conversations with you. I was like, ah, it's just Paul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's it. I think that's like a common trait among definitely a few of us. I know Cal doesn't often, like if he was in those, he's generally quite reserved. I think James is as well. But like I, um, you know, if I'm on a, an education course or on a call or something like that, I'll always ask questions and speak yeah. up and crack jokes and this and that. <laughs> this, but, it, you know, I mean, that and that comes, uh, you know, there might be some people that kind of work into that, but that's just like, I think you're probably similar to me, Paul, in the sense of, and Ross as well, that, you know, you don't really care about getting it wrong in the sense of, like, you, you know, it's good to have a crack sometimes and figure out. Yeah, it's like yeah. when you, you know, when you reached out, you know, about the banded RDL, you know, he was like, oh, yeah, so is this what you're saying? And it was like, you know, and that's like when, you know, when Michael was going through it, I was like, hmm, so, yeah, 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 I'm going to challenge that one um, and ask questions and do all that sort of stuff. You know, it's, that's, yeah, that's a cool, I don't know. So, I'd say that's well, just, I mean, that leads on to you there, mate. We've still got you to go. I don't know if, we got, if people want to hear it. Yeah, how long the story are you going to tell? It will be an hour. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we've been an hour. We've been an hour. Um, the, uh, I mean, in terms of getting in the industry, mine was um, like uh, fairly. So when was the transition from tennis and shit for you? The tennis that was where. Oh yeah, so I suppose that's place-ish to start. So I was played tennis through like most of my most of my youth, um, and then. Um, Luke Nadal is what we actually call him most of the time. Yeah, and I mean, but I, you know, I'll, I'll know, I'll make decisions quite quickly when I feel like if I have a gut feeling about something, I'm like, like no. So there was a point where I, when I was, it was before, so it was the year I was going into doing my A levels, so AS levels. What would that have been? 16? 16, 17. I think. Yeah, so I went out to live in Barcelona. Um, Barcelona. And joined uh, as part of like joined a tennis academy out there. Um, lived in the city with some guys, and like you know we were, like commuting into this tennis academy, and it was put in the American school system. I didn't go, I didn't stay for long because like it kind of hit me quite quickly that I was like, like there's other route. Yeah, I still at that point wanted to go to like America and play in you know in the in the university system out the college tennis system out there, which is pretty cool. But I was like. This kind of sucks out here. I didn't enjoy it. Didn't get the right vibe. Didn't like the schooling system. And I was like, no, I sacked this. Come back. <laughs> and I basically came back to the school I was at. Um, took one less one less AS level and then managed. And then I was playing, like, you know, driving up to Bromley, Orpington to play tennis like every day for three, four hours after wow. school. Um, and with the intention of getting to, you know, like American system and doing all that stuff, which, you know, you have to be pretty decent to do, but then I probably wouldn't, you know, with hindsight, I wouldn't have been in like division one, which is the top one. Cause that there was like this realization where I, I trained with this kid who was like number one 
in the country for like the under 12s um the guy was insane um <laughs> and um i mean like we'd have a good guy i was what 16 like you know four five four five years older than him and we would you know we'd have a good game he'd probably beat me he was insane um and i remember watching him in a match and my you know, coach at the time who was like no bullshit kind of coach was um you know, I was watching this this guy called Tom. His name was Tom, and I was like, "Oh yeah, Tom's going to be a pro, isn't he?" And my coach was like, "No," like really adamantly. And I was like, "What?" I was like, "I was like, because I was like, if this guy's not going to be a pro, what the fuck am I going to be?" Yeah, exactly. And, and then and yeah, and he was like, "No," and I was like, "Well, how do you know?" And he was like, "He's good, but he's nothing special." And I was like, "I was like, what?" And he and he, and he was like, "Yeah, I told that to him, but he knows, like, he's just really blunt with that sort of stuff." And I was like. What? What? I was like, I was like, so what, what? How do you know? And he was like, well, put it this way: like when Andy Murray was twelve, he was number one in the world. And I was like, oh, oh. And that was when there was like this thing in my head that was like, you wasting your time here, mate. Um, and it was around the same time that he had got me to see this PT, who he knew through through the like club slash um, center we played at, and she kind of gave me some assessment which with you know in hindsight or something. <laughs> dreadful um but she, you know she did she was like yeah you're like you know incredibly immobile um you're like an injury time bomb her words were, i still remember that to this day um because i was so imbalanced like my right side was like twice the side of my left from from playing tennis and I was like, inverse and he was like going you know you're gonna have to go and balance yourself out here's a program and it literally involved like squat bench deadlift all these sorts of things i was like Oh, yeah, like it's like imbalances, barbell work. Yeah, it's yeah, interesting. Um, but anyway, like that involved me joining a gym, um, and then getting a, you know, basically while my passion for tennis started to dwindle ever since that news of like you're not going to make anything here, mate. Um, I uh, like the passion for the gym when I was like, oh, I'm actually getting results here. I can, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm growing quite fast here. This is quite fun. And like, you know, it's, there's less pressure and, you know, tennis, there was a lot of pressure in that. And it took me quite a while to turn around to my parents and be like, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and then like stopped like cold Turkey for like eight years. And it was only like, you didn't play for a full eight years. I didn't play for that years. It was only like wow. a couple of years ago now that I took pick up, like picked up a racket again, but literally like I went cold turkey, like we just flat out refused. There was opportunities where people were like, oh, come and have a hit. And I was like, no, I'm not picking up a racket because I just completely... what was it? So what led you to the picking Well, it's up? just, got, I'd gone off it a bit. That news kind of, yeah, it hits you quite badly when you're like, I've just I, I get that into this. But what then led the couple of years ago? What started? Uh, that, that was just where it dissipated and I started watching tennis on the TV again. Like I'd gone off watching it on TV as much. And right. so, you know, Start watching it again and, you know, chatting to my original coach who's quite local, um, yeah, and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, actually, no, maybe it would be quite nice to have a hit. Um, and then, you know, start having a lesson again and, you know, it was quite, and just kind of keeping it pretty, uh, pretty chilled. But yeah, like that, that people might be able to relate to that. You know, you put like so much effort into this thing and it was like, you know, we'd travel across the country playing. I'd played international tournaments and moved countries and this and that and like giving up. You know, I only did like three AS levels as a, you know, gave up doing that, which, you know, is a, is, it didn't really affect things, but yeah, had the potential to, you know, at some point. And, you know, and then it's like, yeah, you're not going to make anything. So what the fuck? Like, that is annoying. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's uh, annoying. So, yeah. Statement. <laughs> yeah. So the, um, so yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then I think then got into, yeah, I was in the gym, you know, gradually kind of 
I think I got into like men's health magazines and shit like that through like you know. My... Wait, wait, wait. Were you as in you were in men's health? No, no. Oh, I was like, <laughs> no, 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 no. I was like, you've kept this quiet. <laughs> no, no, no. So, um, my uh, like, there was a guy in my year at school who was pretty jacked, and we started training together, and he kind of you know was into that sort of stuff. And then I remember I was like on the it was like it was like April two thousand and eight. Was that the Flex magazine or two thousand eleven? It was something like, yeah, I think it was April 2011. I was like in a, we were flying out to France and I w- walked into like the WH Smith in um in the, uh, in the airport and like looked up and there was this like Flex magazine with like Lionel Bayerke on the front looking like a fucking monster. And I was like, what is this? How is this your moment? This is really funny. I was like, people can look like this. <laughs> Luke is describing this like the first time he discovered boobs were real. And I kind of covered to cover that across the holiday. And I was like, Jesus Christ. I was like, this, this, I was like, people, I was like, surely people can't look like this. And like, you know, and then kind of, you know, you get into the thing of, oh, I'll start, I'll train, I'll do this, this session that they've outlined here or this program. And then, you, you know, you just start going down that rabbit hole. And then that, you know, became, was my passion while I was at uni. But then, you take bad advice from people at, at the gyms and there was like this guy I remember who was pretty jacked and I was like what do I need to do to get big and he was like eat nothing but turkey and pasta and I was like <laughs> like literally to the point where I, I then ate and he was like four meals a day just get it in like and he gave me some rough quantities I, I can't remember exactly what they were and literally there was like no veg and like to the point I got so I put on a lot of body weight and it was not good body weight. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, but you know, under there was some, there was some muscle on there somewhere. And anyway, and then, um, the, but yeah. And then that was, that kind of extended into uni. And I remember like my mum would try and be like, are you sure you're not gonna have any vegetables ever? And I was like, no, I was like, this is it. This is how this I This random man told me about <laughs> turkey and pasta for yeah, life. He was reasonably Jack mum. <laughs> I just fucking, you know, the, um, the, and, um, like Luke's life is a series of coincidences that could have gone very differently. Imagine he'd never seen that Flex magazine. Imagine he'd never met this guy. Well, there's some coincidences of how I got, like how me and Cal met, which is quite funny. Um, Was he the guy telling you to eat turkey and pasta? Is this how this comes back? Yeah, his day only eats turkey and pasta. He can put the meals up on Instagram, just slams them off the wall, and just puts a turkey and pasta down. That'll that'll take them off the sand. Yeah. And then, um, so yeah, that was, I kind of had that going on while I was at uni. And like while I was at uni, I was doing philosophy and the, you know, it was kind of had this mild slash heavy obsession with bodybuilding in the background. And, uh, but it was like those things where I thought I was jacked, you know, and then, you know, it was like gradually, you know, people go, oh, so you go to the gym. And I was like, obviously. (laughs) And then, then like, what do you do? Powerlifting? And I'm like, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know you've got a junkie. I was like, why do you keep people to keep thinking I'm a powerlifter? And then you look into it, you're like, oh, yeah, it's because they're all pretty chunky. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then I was like, yeah, and it kind of, you hit, you get those gradual realizations. I was like, yeah, I, I probably need to do something about this. Um, and then so, you know, ended up doing that sort of thing. But the, while I was at uni, I kind of decided, I was like, I don't really know what I'm going to do with philosophy because I didn't really want to do it as a degree. Like it was, I did well at A-level in it and, you know, they were like, why don't you just do philosophy? I was like, cool. Um, and um, 
Yeah, and then I did my PT qualification alongside my degree at the same time then. So I think I did the level two in second year. And then when I graduated, I did level three and then got a job and then basically walked into, um, I mean, that was the the interesting thing because I was in Nottingham and I remember I routinely walked past M10 before I knew what it was and go, oh, you can kind of see the, the machines they have in there. And I was like, oh, this gym looks sick. I was like, I really want to train this gym. But, I, you know, I looked into it and it was private. Um, and then there was one day where, you know, Ben Pakulski came over to do a seminar there. And I was like, and I was at uni, literally just like up the road, you know, staying up the road. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, you know, and it was around my birthday. And I was like, mom, I know what I want for my birthday. <laughs> 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 and then, uh, you know, basically, and then that was my introduction to mechanics. And also Ben Pakulski, um, yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't so nice then. I think he's changed now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like the fact that your mum at once one point must have had some questions for you. He keeps just being really into oiled up jack dudes. I'm not sure what's happening. He keeps asking for money for these types of things. Yeah. <laughs> like even, even my own thing of bodybuilding came from watching wrestlers growing up. Right. Just being yeah. no, you guys are the gayest people I know, and I went to high <laughs> school. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, but yeah, and then um, so I, I went there, and that was when I first met James. Um, obviously I, I mean I don't think James taught much in that course but I met Mark James didn't know who they were at that time but then off the back of that you know realised they did practical camps and stuff and so but that was before I was even qualified so I got this introduction to mechanics before I was qualified which was a massive blessing and then I think in this time period where I was completing my level three I went back up and did their practical weekends that they did and that was when I remember me you know that was when I kind of hit it off with James and I was like you know I thought I got on well with James quite quite straight away because I was like, oh, he's kind of similar, you know, pretty laid back guy. Um, and I remember being on a 40, which is it's annoying he's not here because I wonder if he remembers this, but I remember he, we were on like doing like the training segment. I was on like the 45 degree hip extension and, and I was like, and he was like getting me to try and contract out of the length in position, of, you know, in the, of the... In other words, he had his hands on Luke's ass. Man. Yeah, and I was like, oh, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was there. Uh, I, I remember being like, I, yeah, I can't contract there, but obviously you can't contract there anyway because that's when the muscles lengthened. And he was like, no. And he like demonstrated it. And I was like, what? And I was like, so you should be able to contract the muscle as hard as possible in that position. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, what? And then I just... There's just an image in my head of you two like <laughs> grabbing ass cheeks and then just having discussions. I just went away and I remember trying to master that skill of like, I can't contract my glutes in length position. I kind of did that with every tissue and the kind of like, I want to be able to contract every muscle from fully length to fully shortened. Um, and that was, and I remember that conversation because I, I remember coming up like, that's surely impossible. Surely that can't be. <laughs> um, and, um, but anyway, and then I finished off my qualification and i think i um oh yeah well basically then i went around gyms in the area and halo gym which is now the gym um it's in tunbridge wells for the, sorry, the gym which is now halo gym oh right got you yeah, so, i thought you were just saying it's the gym you know? no 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 so it, it, was called, it was called the gym and i basically but it's now halo but i went in and kind of handed in my resume and i was like you know i'm you know just uh qualified a you know place to be a pt and they were like mm, no you know how many spaces sorry um and i said well you know keep your keep your uh like keep the cv on hand and if anything comes up give me a ring and then as i was driving home they phoned me up and they were like oh yeah it's like um we've just seen you've done loads of um courses at m10 um 
and uh, we, you know, we just lost our coach to M10, like our, our, one of our PTs to M10. So, you know, we'd be keen if you'd come in for a chat. And I was like, oh, who's the who's the coach? And they were like, Callum Ray Strick. And I was like, no idea. Sounds like a is <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a dick, so don't worry. <laughs> about he sounds like a bellin. No, um, he's the pasta and turkey guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, so I basically went back in for an interview. I think a day later or something like that. And and they basically said, yeah, we'd be happy for you to work here. We just couldn't give you the same system because we just hired someone to go on the desk. So you'd have to go in straight away as a PT. So we couldn't, you know, you'd be kind of thrown in. You'd have to kind of get clients quite quickly and stuff. And I was like, cool, like this gym's decent, you know, and, uh, and yeah, did that. And that was quite hard because obviously, you know, go into a rent scheme. Admittedly, they did make it relatively easy for me initially, but like, but it was, you know, no clients, new gym, quite a hard gym to get clients in like that as well. It was like a one of those bodybuilding gyms, bodybuilding-ish gyms. It was Olympic lifting theme, but one of those gyms where people who tra- who train there kind of think they know what they're doing. So it's like, yeah. And anyway, and then... Mistakes. That's one yeah. of the mistakes new trainers make often if they don't yeah. know yet. Yeah, it's harder to get clients in a bodybuilding gym with the good kit than it is a commercial gym. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and anyway, and then and I'd like, you know, saved a lot of money over the years and had some you know jobs and stuff in the past and all this stuff and the and then basically just burned through that in my uh first year as a pt and um just did the most ludicrous i think i did like 14 or 15 courses in that first year and and um you know whilst trying to amass a client base and stuff but what a fair few of them were m10 some of them were muscle nerds i remember one of the a friend who was just like oh yeah it's just it's just um muscle nose course in london it's like three days come and do it and i was like i don't know anything about it um and he said oh, it's, you know it's done by this guy called luke Lehman. check this link out and he sent me like a podcast or something with him on and i was like oh sounds pretty cool like i'm in um yeah so it's kind of discovering all those sorts of things and meeting all those people and doing rts that was because i off the practical camp i remember you know the m10 the year before like Mark and James met, kept mentioning it, and I was like, "What's that got again?" And they were like, "RTS," and I went and booked straight on that. So that was something I did quite quickly. And I remember walking into the like Michael Studio, and I was like, "This can't be right." I was like, like "These guys taught the guys at M10 with that sick gym." I was like, Pfft. "I was like," um, and then I like, sat down next to Lucas Sheehan. Um, and I remember being like, "Like, oh mate, you know." How, you know how do you find this place and he was like second time i've done this course and i was like oh. <laughs> i was like this guy clearly knows his shit um and then and uh yeah and then michael started talking and i was like oh my god this guy is the god <laughs> and uh yeah and then um that was about that and then yeah just spent that year and then obviously went back up to m10 a few times and um when cal was there that was like a kind of um yeah, kind of mutual connection. I kind of walked in. I was like, "Oh, Callum, <laughs> I guess where I work, mate. Um, can we be best friends?" <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then, yeah, and then I think pursued a, a mentorship with James. Well, then, uh, what did I do? I, well, I worked for like a, you know, a year, two years at Halo, and then Michael. I applied for a job at UP after um, the RTS had finished. Um, oh, so it was probably after that first year um, or six months, maybe. I'd, I applied for a job at UP because Lucas and Sean and Eddie Baruta were on that one and they kind of turned around and were like, 
can you apply for a job? We kind of want you to work in. I was like, okay, well, that would be quite interesting. That would be quite fun. Um, didn't know enough about them. And then at the same time, so I went through that. And then as I got off of the job there, Integra had opened up a position and I turned it down to go through their interview process. So I was like, I'd rather hedge my bets and work at Integra than work there. Um, and then worked at Integra for a bit. And then, um, and then when I stopped doing that, I went and kind of pursued a mentorship with Jimbo. Um, you got a mentorship with Jimbo as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, then, wow. and then applied. And then off the back of that, that was probably a good year of like I'd go up every, I think it was every month or two months or something, and we'd have calls and stuff. And then um, I uh, applied for a job at M10, and I got down to like the last two. And then I think Juggy got it instead. And um, and then I called up Cal because I didn't get it. And I was like, Cal, do you want to do a podcast? He was like, yeah, let's call it Master Mentors. The rest is history. <laughs> but no, that's, um, yeah. It so that, started as a failed job interview. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That was, the, that was the first, I think, the first in, like, interview in the industry that hadn't gone my way. So I was like... Podcast, then. No, I will interview myself every week. On if I can't work with Cal, I'll do a podcast I'm with taking him. <laughs> no. No. And I, I tell people that the Muscle Man has started as a podcast on its own, and people are like, What? I'm like, Yeah, like the other week when I was talking to your man from Full Board, the new guy who helped me out, he was like, How did it start? I was like, Well, it was actually a podcast first. Yeah, I did not know this for the record. I've literally just learned this as we no, I remember you telling me, I was like, Well, I think it was a podcast, and then we. Uh, I can't remember when we he we basically said, "Oh, let's do it as a coaching thing." And it took ages for Cal to take on the the to ditch his like really successful CR physique mantle on Instagram because he'd built this you know really decent thing there. And I I was like, you know, I was, I was just gonna call myself. I think I can't. I think it was Luke. Well, I think I was biophysiques for a while, and then and then wait, I wait, no way, wait. <laughs> Yeah, that was my thing. Like bio like, no, because back in the day, I, I remember that handle. That's so weird. Yeah, that's me, mate. Uh, <laughs> if you go back through my feed, you'll see my little logo. It was quality. I, I did like that name. But I was like, how can I incorporate biomechanics and physiques? <laughs> um, and, um, and then, um, but yeah, and then uh, I think, yeah, then I was the first to kind of go, fuck it, I'm going to call myself Luke underscore the Muscle Mentors and, and like, you know, do this. And then Cal would just follow suit eventually, and he did. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, that was that. But yeah. How many years ago is that? That was 2017 when we first like, kicked it off properly. Um, I remember I found a video of myself that I tagged CR Physique in uh, back in probably like the early 2017, maybe even late 2016. Of me doing like I was the first person I ever seen do reverse band hack squat. I was like, this is ingenious. <laughs> well, there we go. So that was the that was yeah. So when I say so this is my post where it says as of this moment on any and all of my online coaching will be conducted under the Muscle Mentors brand. Um and then I so that was that was 16th of June 2018. Um, but the when we had kicked off the muscle mentors that was 17th of september 2017 and that was it yeah there you go 
uh, Wes cannot quite express how excited they are to be launching the the Muscle Mentors podcast with CR Physique next month. There we go. CR Physique. I can't. It just sounds like Ronaldo. Um, that's all I'm here picturing in my head. I remember Carlos' logo was the big, big, big red CR and the physique underneath. I remember it well. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know you were bio physiques. Like I'm pretty sure I followed you back in the day. That is so mad. But everyone followed me back in the day. <laughs> I like hundred <laughs> people. Yeah. No, not in Dublin. Not Dublin. <laughs> No, no, no. But yeah, so that was that. Um, yeah, crazy. We got a new tattoo. That, on your hand, right? that was where that was where the purple came from because originally the logo people might see was blue and yellow. Oh and, shit! And then and I was like, oh, I want to change it to incorporate because cow was red and black and mine was orange and purple and I was like, let's take a color from each and merge it. Um, so I took the purple from mine and then the red from cow. Because red and orange when they're done quite well, even though orange is my favourite colour. Um, I wanted that in there. I was like, damn it, I'm going to have to lose my <laughs> Damn, damn, damn. Orange and black would have been good. Orange and black. Mm. That's actually mad that the logo was once blue. That's crazy. Yeah, I still got the hoodies upstairs where, like, I still occasionally wear it, like the original logo and the original ones we have, where it's got the muscle mentors here. And then it's the muscle mentors on um, the chest, and then it's got like biophysiques on the shoulder, um, and then or down there, it's like down the arm, and then um, and then Cal, and then a big muscle mentors one in blue and yellow on the back, and I think Cal had one with CR physique. Um, this yeah. podcast is just us hanging out at this point. Yeah, <laughs> this people, is the shit yeah, we would talk about if we were yeah, interested. Like yeah, if they if they. I'm sure people will be interested in some of this stuff. Yeah, I think people like this kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to find out one way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next week. So we are finishing the Muscle Mentors podcast. Calling us a bunch of narcissistic assholes. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it's good to reminisce about that sort of stuff. Yeah, it does bring you back. It does bring you back. Yeah. It's, and seeing how much happened in such a short amount of time, to be fair, because like, you know what else is like quite a turning point for my career learning wise was how much shit Paddy Farrell used to give me <laughs> he used to give me so much shit when I worked at the gym anything I don't know why are you doing that how did you meet Paddy uh, he used to give me like, so Paddy much still gives me shit like yeah, all the time for sure he used to really early in the morning and I'd be doing something he'd be like hmm that's <laughs> throwing me absolute shade all the time yeah. I thought that, yeah actually because I, I, I met Gaz and this is the triage. Yeah, they, I met Gaz and Larry on this is before triage was even a thing, like we're on RTS. Um, and I I got on quite well with Larry straight away. I got on well with Gaz. I forgot there was someone else with them, but I thought Paddy was a prick. Wasn't, wasn't, <laughs> no, Paddy wasn't with them because I remember um, that formed after, and then um, but then I, I was doing some kind of reading of my own and I messaged Gaz about. It was like female physiology, and um, and he was like, "Oh yeah, you know, message Paddy, um, and he'll point you in a good direction." And that was when we we first, you know, first had an interaction. He just sent me links to all these articles he'd written on his old site, um, and I and I just kind of went through them and ran some questions by him. And I think by that point he didn't know me well enough to troll me, but I was probably way too polite that he probably was like, "I just want to troll the shit out of this guy," like. Who is this weak bitch? I know. <laughs> yeah, once what was once the three of them. It was Paddy, uh, Gary, and Larry. Yeah. We're original triage, but then Larry left when it was too late to call it two-age. 
No, yeah, but but treehouse doesn't even mean three. I know, I know. It's, it's, it's a terrible thing. There's also laugh at it. <laughs> but I think there are still people that think that. that yeah, they, no, they do. I, I would have thought about it because I was. Yeah, I definitely initially I was like, oh yeah, that's quite cool. And I was like, that's no, triage is his own thing, boys. Father. You know, that would be quite funny if they did rename it. To be fair. Yeah, too much. Too much. Welcome to too much. Dwarge. Why have you become Spanish? Nah, no good reason. But no, so no, it's been a hell of a ride so far. Um, and this is the end of the Muscle Mentors and the Muscle Mentors podcast. Now this was um, how we're ending it. Someone might believe that. Uh, I think one of the funny, like another funny story. I go on for another hour. Um, no. <laughs> It was when we did our first seminar and like James rocked up to attend it. Ryan and James attended that one, but like James, when James was there, it was kind of like this guy that mentored both Cal and I. <laughs> it was like, oh damn! <laughs> Luckily, it was completely different topics. So Vader yeah. facing Obi Wan. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was quite a cool moment. I remember like when because I think we I forgot how many people we had at that one, but it sold out really quickly. In and it was in London in the Embody Fitness, and I remember like seeing some of the people. And like when James came, I was like, "Oh, that's cool, that's cool." Um, but yeah, that was that was a stressful day. That was a stressful day. I don't think my mouth has ever been drier than that first event, <laughs> and, and especially when it was like I don't project my voice amazingly well. Um, and that was the first time I'd had to do something like that. And like throughout the whole day, like. There were so many people who were towards the back. There wasn't even that big a room. Who were like, "Can you speak up?" And I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> I'm really struggling, here, guys. Just gather around. <laughs> you gather around. And let me whisper at you. Yeah. I remember at the very first course when they came out. I was like, "Oh, I think I came in like five minutes later. Everyone had already sat down." I was like, "Ah, oh, there's one chair left," and like sat down and fucking Josh Maley's in front of me. So I'm like here, five foot three, like sitting there, not, like, trying to look over Josh's giant upper back, <laughs> like I was crawling up the chair. Oh, I'll never forget it. Dude, I had an unrelated, but vaguely related, tangentially related chair story. I remember doing a play once, and the the play was set in a hospital for the most part. And so the way we had it was the audience, you know, the, the doors open half an hour before the kind of show starts, so the audience can kind of come in from whenever from that point. We, across the, like, 15 minutes before the show starts, go in one at a time and, like, just background scene stuff, like, sign ourselves in with the nurse at the desk, right? So you're like, I am here for... And she's like, what's your name? And you give her some bullshit name, like, Mr. Rimmer, first name, Anas, Anas Rimmer, if you could take a seat, right? You just do... She was great, by the way, at keeping a deadpan face. I used to giggle like a twat. But you do that, you go sit down, and eventually then the, the play would start once everyone was sat down. And we were doing this one and we're pretty much all there and I'm fake. I had a newspaper that I'd read a gajillion times by this point in the, in the, in the play run. So you're kind of reading through, but you can see the audience and, and what have you. And you're like, okay, it's, it's still not a way to start. Like, Who the fuck are we waiting for? This feels like I've been sat on the stage for ages and I haven't done anything yet. And uh, eventually this, this guy comes in and without wanting to be cruel, he was an enormous human being. Like a, a big boy in every sense of the word. Big, tall, carrying a lot of excess weight. Hey, you know my obsession with Jack dudes. I'm assuming this guy's like Ronnie Coleman. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, he was a tall dude as well, but he, he was so big. I was like, oh my God. So I looked down back again to, to my paper uh, while he was doing that. And then 
this shadow just started coming <laughs> across my face. Mm. I was doing it, and I looked up, and he was now. The way this stage worked is it was flat, and the audience raked up in front of us. So he walked onto the stage and was trying to sit in the sit in the chair that was next to me in the waiting room, as it were, on this thing. Was like <laughs> he walked in and onto the stage. I was like, <laughs> wait, 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 is he not in the play? No, it's just oh, some random. This is an audience member. <laughs> One of the ushers like had to run in and be like, "Sorry, sir, you've got this bit. I'm busy fucking dying behind this newspaper." Like, it's clearly lit. This is clearly the stage section. There's a whole like audience bit here. Like, why would you come here? But yeah, there was to this day. Whenever I think of like someone coming in late and sitting in a chair, I've just got this image of this dude stood right in front of me on what is clearly a stage. <laughs> like, how have you made this error? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to admire the balls on that guy. For sure. He 100% it was just like, fuck it. I'm gonna... yeah, <laughs> like, I should be in this. Maybe, maybe he wants to get out of the government, like watching, so he was just like, oh, I'll just get thrown out. Like, yeah. I'm just going to improv. <laughs> Let me in. He could have been a phenomenal actor, you guys must tell. Yeah, no, we really did. But no, so there and back again. I suppose we, could, we should probably call it there and back again. A fitness industry tale by the muscle mentors. <laughs> Tonkin himself is smiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All great. Um, but no, that was uh, that was quite entertaining. Hopefully, I had fun listening to you guys. Um, yeah. And, and Do you know, what? I just did. I didn't enjoy Jimbo's bit. That was the main thing. I'm glad he left. <laughs> <laughs> Jimbo's good. Oh, these, I don't know if you'll know you. He won't listen back to this. So this bit's just a bit pointless trolling. <laughs> Oh, I'll just play him that bit. We'll put that segment on Instagram. Um, but no, I, yeah, I hope people did enjoy that one. It was obscenely random, um, but hopefully quite entertaining. Um, and at least we had entertainment. So that's all that matters. Um, <laughs> the most selfish podcast, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. This is really client-centered. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll uh, we'll see you on the next one. Uh, thank you for listening, and thank you guys. And thank you, Jim. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Muscle Mentors podcast. Just a quick shout out to our sponsors who support the channel and everything we do in the realms of education and coaching within the industry. Firstly, our original sponsor, Supplement Needs. They've been with us from the start. If you're seeking the highest quality supplements on the market, particularly organ support and health orientated products, you can use code Muscle Mentors at checkout for 10% off your order. Precision Prep. Our recently introduced food preparation partner, delivering the finest quality meal prep across the UK, featuring their new Pro Prep range, a concept closely developed with us to solve an issue we see day to day with time limitations and nutritional compromise. If you're seeking the highest quality nutrition delivered to your door for the best price, look no further. Use code MUSCLEMENTALS at checkout for 15% off your first order and 10% thereafter. And lastly, RAR Optics, the highest grade blue lock blue light blocking glasses on the market with the slickest style in a world filled with artificial light particularly those with high screen time i can certainly say i'm one of them these can be a real game changer for sleep quality and recovery something we use personally on a day-to-day basis grab yourself a pair by using code muscle mentals at checkout for money off all orders once again thank you for your continued support until next time